0: Our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, with the campaign, beckons of the Herald of Steel, with the Master Adventure, and our quest of Schemes and Shadows. First quest of this adventure line. Our heroes recovering from the, uh, what was it called, the Gully Gulp? fucking img isn't it yeah that's a there you go our indie band that ate an entire army well two entire (laughs) armies and nearly a group of players but instead heroes escaped found out they're all important or something like that blah 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 shadow ninjas hate them same old same old party shows up at the capital to go talk to the queen queen's gone missing turns out she's not turns out she's an old lady in disguise and she locked the door behind you see in the beginning of any quest it's so easy to do a recap because it's like fucking that's it man so
2: yeah, if you don't know that stuff, why are you? Why are she you broke here? the
3: key, so she can't get out of the room. I don't know what her plan was.
0: <laughs> break it. She just bent it. Just
3: that's and enough just to break
0: screams it. At her. i You're just gonna bend it back. What? I don't know your plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Plus, those mending. We're all set. So with that, the uh, party is trapped in the chamber with the queen who frantically looks at her and she says, did they follow you here?
1: No, we took great care to not be followed. She says,
0: I find that highly unlikely. She says, the eyes of failure are everywhere. They see all. I wouldn't be surprised if they trailed you and and hunted you down like dogs. Did you have run-ins with them on the travels here? Be honest with me, dwarf.
1: Two, perhaps three. That's a lie.
0: Are you talking about overall encounters, or are you talking? Yeah, about... going and
2: coming. We've had.
0: Okay, I thought you were saying overall how many ninjas, and I was like, "Mama called the doctor." The doctor said there was a lot more than two ninjas on that bed.
1: Yeah, he's thinking in terms of encounters. We ran into them two, perhaps three times.
0: Right, right, right. That's fair. And so, I also
1: don't remember specifically how many there were each time. So
0: that's fair. Norhill would have remembered.
1: Yeah, Norhill would definitely remember. I'm just not as smart as Norhill.
0: Uh huh. Well, anywho, um, with that, she says, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them, having seen you, probably take out a group of them, decided to hang back and just watch your movements. So they must know that you came here. Well, they're probably hanging out in the city anyway, in droves. I don't know what to tell you. I just... Is it true what they've said?
1: About what happened at the gully? We saw it. that depends on what news arrived here before we did.
0: And so she starts to look kind of frantically amongst everybody and she says, I mean, is it true that the goalie just sort of swallowed everyone? That is true. I heard a report saying that the stones of the earth themselves were ripped asunder as if something was pulling them from both ends. Some strange magic's afoot. Unfortunately, I I know very little about this. I, I just... I know people that can be contacted, but unfortunately, I... I don't know much about what's actually happening here. But the fact that the eyes of Phil, you are, are following in your trail so to- so close and have already tried it in my life at least three times since you've left, I think there's something going on here involving them. And unfortunately, I don't know that we can stop them by just staying back. Did they say anything to you? Have you found any information, any reports? I know that they act in secrecy, and I know that they're a quiet order, but maybe uh, Ed tortured somebody or found something out?
1: They... Perhaps they had something to do with that dead knight that we found on the road. A dead uh, Norhill is going to deliver the report that the night lady was carrying um, and guard, yeah. letter from the halls and yeah, say, this might word. shed some light on the matter. Whatever's happening, I think it happened to my people first.
0: And so with that, she says, a knight. This is a report from a tome guard. Dwarf, do you I,
3: remember,
1: I could not remember the common word.
0: And so,
3: Anthony, God
0: damn it, that's <laughs> such an easy way to get out of that, and I hate you for saying it. <laughs> I'll play it. You can literally just be like, oh, you said encounters? I'm sorry. I, the dwarven word is very similar. <laughs> but... <laughs> Over that she says the tome guard she says and they were involved and she looks at the note and reads over both the, the uh, individual pieces of paper here and she says i'm i'm sorry norhill and i don't mean to be such a ruler as to double cross but if ever i could promise you anything i, I could promise you this if we can get to some point of safety where something can be done i will help you and your dwarves But unfortunately, at this point in time, I really don't think that I have the ability or capacity to really do much right now. If I were to try to make moves to go to the South, I don't think I'd get much accomplished. I can't send a military down there. I can't send any sort of magical power down there. I really think our hands are tied at this point. If somebody was able to get word out, then somehow they're surviving at all. I know that's not something good to rely on here, but it shows that there's hope. And unfortunately, if they're trying at my life as well, I think there might be two kingdoms that are threatened right now.
1: Your hands are tied simply by the eyes or by something else. Why are you disguising yourself in your own palace? Because they sneak The guards are very worried about you.
0: Well, they've snuck in themselves. They've had a few tries at my life. Once with poison and once with martial tactics. They broke in through the windows and tried to kill me in my sleep scaled nearly 200 feet of sheer stone surface to get up here. They are very powerful beings. And I'm just doing the best I can with what I have available. As she holds her hand open, you can see the ring inside of her palm. And she says, it's the best I can do for now. And hiding in the kitchen below the stone floors, it seems to be enough to prevent a lot of their, their scrying magics and a lot of their deciphering magics. But coming up here at Lone is potentially dangerous to my life coming to see you is potentially dangerous. How do I know they didn't pay you to come here and find intel?
3: Why aren't we using Diplomacy?
0: Diplomacy?
2: Why aren't we using <laughs> Diplomacy? Because it's our skill in this edition.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you want from us. You mean you want to persuade them? Just to
3: get it. I, I don't know. I'm just like I'm They're surprised, not a political... like one, that we're not using any allies to this kingdom.
0: She, do she we not have you, any allies at all? She uh, mutters to you and she says, which allies was I supposed to turn to? We're on the precipice of a war with the orcs of Gorgareth. The dwarves to the south have all but locked themselves into their caves. Gl- Dale the gnomes and the halflings, nobody could rely on them to help anybody, even themselves. And after their traitorous acts before, no, they're not coming to help. The Thaltherian elves, they wouldn't do anything to help us. They're too preoccupied with their trees and their magics. And you think that I'm going to get any help?" From the help from the islands of Escabelum, I'm already on my last leg trying to convince them to a political marriage that I myself don't even want to be part of. So if I were to have them join in on warfare or send troops over here, it's going to look like a militarized mission. Look at it from everybody else's perspective. If the dwarves are shut off to the south and there's some great spectacle of my army being smushed only to have an entire other army move in, the political machinations here are just too much, Anton. And I'm sorry to say, but I don't think that I can call in anybody's help at this point.
3: I'm not saying we need the help of an army. Who else Simple. would you
0: use to stop them?
3: I think we need to better understand what are they trying to gain? What, what would they gain by killing you? I think there has to be some way to converse with them. There, there can't be no knowing that we have no idea who runs this group.
0: I mean, this group I was only, around.
3: And we have I mean, no I only know so much.
0: I only know so much. And from what I know, as much as pretty much anybody does who hears of their nightmarish tales, I mean, they're murderers for hire. They're experts. They work in shadows and they worship a, a demonic presence, some spider covered in eyes in the dark. I mean, I don't think that they're here for political means. They pretty much do only for gains. They do it so that they can buy things, acquire holy relics, and taint the land that they conquer. But they conquer in shadow. And so if anybody would know anything, we would need to go to an expert of the occult. And unfortunately, I know very few people who do such a thing. And even then, if it's true what this one says, and she nods to Norhill, she says, if there are Tome Guard involved in this in any way, us looking into the occult might look like us trying to converse with their force directly. And unfortunately, both the Tome Guard and the Eyes of Failure work outside of any political affiliation. And both of them, they dole out justice as they see fit. And I personally, at a point like now where it's so such a weakened point in our kingdom, I don't want to be on the receiving end of what the Tome Guard have to offer. If they think that I'm allying in some way with evil forces, or if they think that I'm trying to turn to the eyes of failure in some way, they will come here and they will dole out what justice they deem fit. And I don't think that I have the willpower or the army to prevent such a thing. The Tome Guard are reasonable, but they're here to protect the world, not my kingdom. And she says, unfortunately, it may take means such as what you all can provide. We may be able to stop further damages and a war, but more importantly, we might find out who is hiring the Isis failure in the first place and what they have a problem with me. Granted, I know my kingdom is expansive and I know many disrespect my rule, but who has much to gain here? If it was the dwarves, they've surely not shown any desire of such a thing. If it's the orcs, why would they choose to try to assault in the typical way and then try to do this? There's no honor in killing through subversive, shadowy magic. And I've already made enough of a political alliance with Ascabellum. I don't know who could be doing this. Again, the elves are too, you know, fixated in their homes. Like, they, they wouldn't try to do something like this. It might be an individual. It might be some strange group. And I have no idea what kind of magic in this realm would be strong enough to do what happened at the gully. And so I just need information. So I'm afraid you're probably going to have to contact, I guess, somebody who studies the occult. Perhaps they'll know something more. Maybe they have a way of contacting this group head on. But I don't know if you're all willing to do such a thing. Crawling into the belly of the beast like that Seems kind of like a very dangerous idea. But I promise you... the only
3: choice we have.
0: I promise you that if you do this for me and you offer me some level of safety here, not only will we save the dwarves, not only will we bring some sort of political rest here, but in some weird way, and perhaps I'm just naive in my position as a ruler here, and she starts to kind of like turn and look down at the tea that spilled on the floor when she dropped the platter to talk to you guys in the first place... She, which I imagine Clea began to clean up anyway. Mm. Uh, she like looks down at it and she says, "Perhaps it's my naivety, but I don't want warfare. I don't want war with the orcs of Gorgareth. If there needs to be some sort of a political peace reached, then we should do so. But it's not going to happen when I'm in a weakened position. I need dignity and strength. And after what happened there and what's happening here and me being locked into a kitchen in the basement." There will be no peace now. We need to firm ourselves in a good footing that we can try and save ourselves. So if you're willing to do this for me, I'll do whatever you need as a reward.
3: There's no need of reward.
1: I accept according to those conditions.
3: Lika wants
2: some information from you before we get information for you.
0: So does Garzac. Oh, jeez.
2: All right, fine. Fine. What really... Nice what really happened to your dad and your brothers?
0: And so with that, she like looks to you in a way that almost she like expects this kind of a question, but in a way that she seems very insulted that it would even come up and she says... I don't know what happened to my father. He was very sick. And my brothers died in the hunt in the woods. They died on the same trail that you rode in on. They found the bodies, ripped to shreds and tormented in the woods. My father died of a disease that couldn't be prevented. And every time they found a way to cure part of it, it got worse and mutated. She says, I do what I can to try to hold this nation together And if that means I have to engage in a political marriage with the King of Ascobellum to try to pull things a little bit tighter together, I'll do so. But I don't know what happened. And frankly, I think the more I try to figure it out, the closer I get to the shadowy evil we're trying to prevent from happening any further. Did you want to roll Insight? Mm, I'll click a buzzer. Norhill just gets a crit, like, This fucker's lying!
1: Not this time, but Norhill did get an 18. Dang. Anybody else?
0: 15 for Jarzak.
3: Also 15.
0: Okay. She's telling the truth, and in a way, it doesn't even look like she's that wounded to be telling you. She almost looks like she's sort of verified her case and validated herself by being this honest about it, as if, like, exposing how, how in pain she is over this whole thing it almost makes her feel like she's probably won you all over a little bit more to see that like she's at her wits end with this. You know what I mean?
2: Um, I think hearing that Clika is going to like take her hands and Clika's hands and just like look right in her eyes. And Clika <laughs> is going to say, um, <laughs> when this is all over, you shouldn't be that other person anymore. Even if it's, better for you and and it makes it easier to be who you really are when you're doing stuff like this you should they they don't think you are the ruler they need and i know you are and they should too
0: and she says with great change there will always be a lot of discourse and pain she says Nothing thrown into boiling water is happy to be there until it acclimates. And even then, I don't think it enjoys boiling water, to be frank. I like to think of myself as tepid, rather warm, comfortable. But they were used to my father, and I am not him. And they expected my brothers, and I am not them. Perhaps... I try to avoid this conversation, but perhaps the reason why everything led up to this point is they knew there would be no respect to my rulership. Perhaps if it were my brothers in charge with my father's passing, people would be more willing to cooperate.
2: Well, we'll just
0: give them a reason to respect you then. She says, I don't want to rule with an iron fist. I want to eliminate opponents who I don't need to have.
1: Could it be then that someone is making a grab for the crown? Do you have any... The enemies or rivals in the kingdom. She says,
0: "If I have any rivals, they are anybody who want my land. If they can cut a piece out of it or claim territory that I can't reach, then I guess they're an enemy. Anybody who wants that kind of space or place. My fear, however, if I could be so bold as to make such an, uh, a claim or an, uh, make such a such a such a point." my fear is that whoever is engaging with the eyes of failure may have offered them payment after the job is done. And if they are to dethrone me or send my kingdom into upheaval, their payment will be part of that land or riches that they'll gain from me. Because to try to take out me, one of the greatest leaders in this region is no simple task. And so for that reason, they must have gotten paid very well. I mean, have you seen them in other important points or were they only on the road? I've heard word that that Gabora had some sort of a strange political uprising and many people said it was well orchestrated. You don't suppose it was them there too, do you? It was. <laughs> just shooting from the hip. It was. <laughs> okay. But with that, she just kind of accepts that confidence and she just says, well, if they're willing to take out such a small town as that for no reason other than perhaps a foothold or something, then, I mean, this seems like quite a huge move from the eyes of failure. And perhaps for that reason, maybe we do need to find out more and prepare something of a counter I
3: only worry this may have something to do with the bleeding stone. I've seen signs. Signs that my my church has notified me of back in glory wake there. I know that happened many, many moons ago, but if the eyes of failure are tied with that, I, I can't even imagine how deep well, it tied into such dark powers, but that I'm, just seems
0: I'm not to one, gain from that. <laughs> I'm not one to challenge the word of the high priest or the church of the illuminator. At all. And if he, who was likely alive and around at that time and probably saw much of that warfare himself, if he says that he has seen the signs, then I must trust it. I mean, if he believes that this has something to do with the War of the Bleeding Stones, then I mean, we barely won that war at all. And if it wasn't for the goblins with the Dedraka, we would not have survived such a war. And for that reason... If another group were to try a similar move, especially at a point when we're weakened, I don't see why any group wouldn't have confidence in them succeeding a second try with the wisdom that they've gained over a hundred years' time. So perhaps this has something to do with that. But I'm afraid that Stormblood, the leader of of such an army, he's he's long died. Granted, they never found his body, but he has not the lifetime to survive such an ordeal.
3: He never had heirs?
0: No. He himself was nothing more than an impure blooded half demon. And so I don't imagine he has heirs, but many would try to do what he did, but without his powers and finesse, an army of chaos would fall apart as soon as they had the opportunity to. You think orcs and giants are willing to work together for long? Personal gain is all they have in their hearts. And so I figured the best move now, if you're all willing to, is to stay down below the cellars in this castle for a short while, maybe assemble disguises and find your way to somebody I know who can study the occult. I know of a man, and he lives in the city of Dustwind to the south, outside of the kingdom. He'll probably be safe if you leave the kingdom where they might expect you to be. But I'm afraid he's not exactly a man that i would often work alongside and i wouldn't send you there unless i absolutely had to and yes but his name is dashmanis and he is a strange man by all definitions and he's one that's often looked after but before we get started on this new adventure you're sending us on uh I have a couple questions. By all means. Who would rule in your stead? And so she kind of is, I don't want to say like gobsmacked by such a comment, but she says, I don't know. I imagine my highest advisors would have to take over and rule with something of a council. But with enough people in that council, there's no room for one individual to gain unless they all gain. And there's enough fealty to my crown that nobody would try to do that to me. And even if there wasn't fealty to my crown, my father and my family have enough respect amongst the advisors that I couldn't imagine them all deeming themselves, you know, willing to disrespect all that they've done in the past. Remember also that that council served under his name for at least three, four decades each. So. Damn. All right. I was hoping it would be easy and there'd be like one person in particular.
1: (laughs) And then I would say it's
0: probably
3: them. <laughs> but it's Plus, not, so
0: the other question is uh, what's this whole bit about marriage? You don't... What, what, you, why are you considering that? It doesn't so, even make sense. And so she's... Oh, poor Jarzeg. <laughs> Like He's probably not even cool. <laughs> I, I bet he's pretty fucking stupid. Too.
3: No, I mean, is he even
1: strong enough to compete with you? Like, I don't... Like, couldn't even keep up
0: like i'm here to like arm wrestle you on the daily uh if only to help you gain like i definitely like my blade is yours but like uh, what's up and so she says <laughs> king theroni is a man near twice my age but he is a respectable man he's a man who rules as one of his people he goes on voyages with his warriors He fights alongside them. He is greater than no man, and his kingdom is one of the people. I think if anybody I could ally myself with, it's him. But The problem is is they don't have allies often, for they are very self-sufficient. And me asking them for this help is definitely a sign of my weakness at this moment. And so I've tried to keep such a thing quiet and make it seem very political and very much so that we're equals, but I think many people see through this as him throwing me a bone and there's a lot of hesitance, but we're moving into this slowly. But I'm afraid I may have to pull out on such an offer at this point, depending on what we're doing here. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I'm in. Jarzak's the true king of Gorgareth, and he's like, there will be peace amongst the orcs and the. <laughs> and and this is the new quest. He just has to kill the leader so he can become the king and be like, eh? Uh-huh. how's that look
1: she's like well shit now will you take me
0: I believe in miracles
1: this is how we bring peace Jarzak is the high king of everything hmm. Oh, that's a political shift I didn't
0: think this campaign was going to take the guy Jarzak born... either
2: marries or murders the leader of every other nation
0: <laughs> don't know me like that unites the lands Just having horns falling out of his face, be like, "I am the true king." Like you are scary. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) that's why. Tell me to my
0: face. (laughs) You need a bath. Um. Okay. So with that, she says, "If you'd like, I can I can help you with with funds, or I can help you with with reserves, perhaps gear for your trip, disguises. I can do what it what it takes for that. But I think the best that you could do is go speak with Dashmani." And then see what you can find out with him. Curious, what what do you have for disguises? (laughs) She puts the ring back on. She's like... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, she's just got tons of clothes and she can try to hook you up with makeup and stuff, but it's nothing super... Uh, I don't
1: know if that's gonna work so well with me. Anton will not disguise the light. Yeah. How far is it to dustwind? To
0: dustwind from here? Uh, it would depend on if you guys are riding on horses or on
1: foot. But
3: oh, we're taking Clyde.
1: Yeah, we, we've we've got mounts now.
2: It's probably about. She, she did room. promise us horses last time and then didn't deliver. So
0: well, <laughs> we have well, our own now. So Bam didn't deliver. <laughs> but um, um, but yeah, he uh, she the the trip from here to Dustwind has. <laughs> Um, I imagine that, I imagine that, uh, uh Norhill has probably seen this place and had to go through here when he first left the mountains, but dust wind is about a week and a, like 10 days. It's like a 10 day trip on foot through the hills, but on horses it should be about five days. And it goes to the South riding on the Keratos mountains, um, riding on the Hills. There's a main road that goes the entire way there. Dustwind, which everybody in this area knows, is a major economic hub, but it's kind of an interesting place. Um, I don't know if people want to roll history checks to see if they know anything more about it, yeah. or a nature check will also work.
2: I mean, Brother Emelie specifically told me to seek out Dustwind at one point, so Kleeke understands that it's someplace of value to at least her.
1: Uh, Norhill Norhill got an 8, so he only knows what its name is and where it is, probably.
0: And this was a history check? Yep. Okay. 13, I mean, you Thirteen know that... for nature for Jarzak. Okay, and then what did Anton have?
3: 16 for history.
0: Okay, and was Klica rolling anything?
2: She got a 6 on her history check. Fair enough. So pretty cool.
0: So, both Klika and Norhill know that Dustwind is known as, like, a city of sages and storytellers, and it's a place that's strange because it's in something of like a sandstorm that doesn't ever quit, where the temperature weirdly peaks in a certain area. And it's very much so like an arid desert with no real reason for being there. Jarzak knows this very well from the nature check, knowing that this place is just something of like a natural anolo- uh, anomaly. anomaly. Yeah, where? Anolomy. Um, But the uh, <laughs> diplomacy... Tis an anomaly of the game, an anomaly. But um, but yeah, what Jarzak knows is it's a strange desert in the middle of like grasslands. And yeah, it's just kind of like a very strange place where there's still running water. It's just that the sands draw so much heat for some reason and there's constant sandstorms. But um, was it uh, Anton who had the 16, was it, for history? Yep. I mean, you know that the place is run by a magistrate who kind of rules in shadows with a small group in a council that kind of proceed over everybody. But the place is known for being an economic hub where pretty much anybody's money is good anywhere, but it's a place full of a lot of different cultures that come to this one hub. And it's a place where, again, stories are told, stories are swapped and there's just a ton of culture all over the place. It's just a giant smashing of everybody and anybody. So Jarzag being an orc there is not such an unheard of thing, but yeah. Nor Cleekah being a goblin, of course. But yeah. Do we know what the major districts of it are called? Um, with the 16, uh, Anton does have a pretty good idea. Um, there's the, what's it called? There's, um. apart from the palace, the... Two major districts here are the Grand Market and the Passage. Um, but on one of the uh, sides of it, one of the more residential districts is known as the uh, Fangstones. Okay. But apart from that, yeah.
3: be an interesting time. Yeah. If we make it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Why wouldn't you?
3: got some shadow ninjas trying to kill us. I imagine they can look through a disguise.
0: Hmm. Perhaps, but that's why sure. your
1: greatest... advice to see us through the journey would be much appreciated, and Anton makes a good point about the disguises, and perhaps it would be most prudent for us to not travel in disguise. At least for a moment, it might take some of the eyes off of you. True. Or if we leave openly. Yeah,
3: Anton kind of looks at his light and he's like, I- I'm quite the magnet for them. <laughs> so the farther I get from you.
1: Yeah, carrying a literal beacon.
3: <laughs>
0: Fair enough. And so she says, I can respect that. She says, um, luckily at this time of season with winter approaching, it probably won't be too hot there, but I think you may want to consider bringing some lighter clothing with you for the city itself. I've only been, a, you know, a handful of times to meet with people with my father, but it's quite a strange experience to walk there among the sands.
3: I Always wear my robes. Okay, I will sweat those robes, I'll
0: be fine. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else from the party at this point to talk about?
3: You no. Know, Anton is he is favorable to her because of the, um, well, the bluntness of being against war. He's okay with that, so.
0: (laughs) As a pacifist, I like that. (laughs) Just have, like, our little meeting after where we do, like, the product analysis. We're like, so, what did you guys think of the queen's analysis? And it's just like, you know, as a coward, I appreciate her. (laughs) (laughs) Cleek is like, she had soft hands. (laughs)
2: But she spilled tea.
0: (laughs) That's a big no uh, from the Cleeks. But, and Jarzak's like, there's a chance. (laughs) You know, if I have to
3: go into the darkness and kill
0: some giant spider and go to the end of the earth for her, if that gives me a chance, then I might as well try.
3: That's some dedication right there. (laughs) That's
0: all it takes, I mean.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's it's that or I go back and fight the leader of the orcs. One of those seems a little easier right now.
0: You know, to be honest, I actually don't know which one of those sounds a little easier right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, what would you pick? Well, I'm the dungeon master. I don't have to uh, pick anything. I, I was talking to the party members and characters. Okay, so. well, you know what? Every once in a while, it's nice to be talked to as a human being here, okay? Well, that's All not right. where you are. Okay, great. Well, well let's know.
3: just hope we don't have to do both because knowing us, we might have to do both.
0: Can you imagine... <laughs> The dungeon masters set this up in a way that you might. Anyway, so the party are going to stay below in one of like the um, one of the workers' quarters down near the kitchen. Uh, again, everything's hardy uh, stonework, so it's like it's it's like a dungeon down there. But for what it's worth, it retains the heat pretty well, and there's nice enough accompaniment for you guys staying in one of the rooms nearby the queen, where she also has like a small set of guards ready and waiting all in like you know very low-key guard garb you know what I mean but with that you guys are able to spend the night in complete comfort I guess I'd say and it feels kind of nice that at one point you're in something of like a sanctuary from the eyes of failure or so it would seem but yeah so with that in mind what is the Uh, Plan for tomorrow. Did you guys need to gather supplies? I think Norhill mentioned wanting them.
1: Yeah, supplies would definitely be good enough to make sure that we have enough food and water to actually make the trip and minimize the amount of hunting we need to do in the wilderness, that sort of thing. Okay,
0: assuming that you guys are taking horsies, she will prepare for you guys um, a cart that can be pulled by one of the horses, a pretty light cart. And she prepared 20 individual rations on it, Um, as well as I imagine a pretty healthy dose of a whole bunch of water skins ready and prepped. Um, But yeah, and I think she probably would also give you guys something of like a large tent at this point in time worth quite a bit but it'll be big enough that can fit all four of you guys in one space without having to have, you know, two individual tents. The problem is, is it's pretty big, but the nice part is it's pretty big.
3: Cool. I'll have Clyde pull the cart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Clyde.
3: He's a good horse.
0: (laughs) He's a good (laughs) horsey. Very nice. Okay. Um, And so with that, uh, the party is going to head off south, is it? That's the plan. Yes. Yeah. All right. As long as there's no other distractions, interruptions, ideas, the party are going to head on that main road into the forest of the wandering Swordsmen and carry South for five days to the, uh, to the West of the Keratos mountains um, on their way to Dustwind. wind. Uh, for what it's worth, the trip in the winter time is going to be kind of brutal with all the snow and the whipping winds, but yeah. For the most part, the most snow you guys are going to have at any one point is probably going to be like four or five inches on the ground of real dusty rolling snow. So nothing thick and like hanging out. You know what I mean? So um, I guess we can go ahead and knock off those 20 rations that the horsey's brought with you if nobody's going to be hunting or anything like that. And you guys can give me a quick series of improvisational travel moments. Not all at once slow down okay go ahead wait no go ahead okay who's going first guys i, I I'm, uh, is thinking, Dan muted? Me,
1: I'm thinking give me a second yeah
0: i think he i think he might be muted you guys are such assholes <laughs> i paused it and everything all right the what's the improv for travel all right,
2: I mean, fine. I can I can where go first. It? I don't mind going first. I always have one set up in my mind. So if we click no. is always good.
0: Then go first. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Um we're so I think it. we'll do I think Cleek is gonna or gonna have like a weather event occur where um one night, maybe when we're getting closer to dust wind, like it gets warm enough where it's kind of between snow and rain. And so, like, it's more of a freezing rain throughout the night, and um, all of the trees and everything get covered in, like, that ice the way it does when there's an ice storm. And so they all sort of bow, and it just looks very, very pretty and pristine um, after the storm sort of clears up and the light from the fire shines through everything. And then in the morning, because there's, like, a nice layer of ice on everything... Um, Klica is going to find a hill nearby and do some sledding while they get the cart like de-iced and stuff and get like probably accidentally stumble into sledding where she's just sort of wandering around like she does in the morning and she has like her shield and she's getting ready and just sort of slips onto her shield going down a hill and just slides all the way down it and really enjoys herself and then just like slowly pulls everybody over to have some fun and try sledding because we all have shields
0: and she really wants to share this fair enough okay and so with that i'll say that that's even closer to the capital than not probably only on the second night just because it's still early enough in the season that these kind of warmer bows like bouts can happen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we'll just say it's that early in the whole situation um okay does anybody want to add anything to our sledding adventure yeah like, sorry i don't mean to interrupt but this does seem like probably the one lighter tone to the travel since you left glory wake this seems like the first organic moment of like eh, click sledding. sledding
2: like mm. up
0: to this point it's just been so shitty to the point she only did it on accident yeah lips fell backwards on the sled and went to save herself but just rolled over on it and she just tobogganed down she's like yep. jarzak sees clica do that for the first time He's just like huh
1: That's all you got. Guys, watch this. He goes feet first, belly down, and just barely moves because his feet are digging into (laughs) this (laughs) row.
0: Just ruins the path (laughs) going down. Just slow and loud, just that super crunchy ice just (sighs) the whole way down. (laughs) He
2: goes really impressed for some reason.
0: (laughs) He's like, that's good.
3: Oh, that Uh, makes your feet feel good. Trust me. Exactly. Uh, Norhill
1: follows that up by going over to one of the trees and cutting like a makeshift pair of skis, uh, coming from a mountainous home, from yeah, you know where it snows and having spent a good amount of time in the wilderness. I'm sure that Norhill uh, at least has a concept of skiing as a form of travel.
0: We'll say that we'll say that you take some of the extra planks that are used um, in like the carrying box that the big giant tent came in. And you were able to kind of like makeshift hack while the while Klee Gun Jarzak were sledding for like the morning. You are able to like makeshift hack the wooden planks and smooth them up to like make them into little little boots using some of the rope for like little like notches for boots.
3: Yeah, Anton's not a big fan of snow, he doesn't like it. it hurts he his just bones. needs snow and it just seems desolate and cold and this is like the poor orphans he sees coming and starving and it's like winter's like the worst sign of that so he's just like nope the, the, <laughs> so he's just the, using like burning hands to like defrost the cart all the time keep the horse warm like kind of moving
0: the horse with burning <laughs> i hate the season everything's dead just lights the horse on fire yeah. with his hands. i'm warming you up
3: no, he's not a, he's not a fan of the winter. He like he understands there's beauty to it, but he knows just it's it's just such a harsh nature to it. He's like, Nope, no, nope. Days are longer, they're dark N- nights are longer, they're darker, it's just bad signs for him. So he's just like practicing practicing his daylight more, praying more at sunrise.
0: Praising the sun.
3: Yeah. He's just getting real dedicated to that. And it's like all the merriment of the snow. He's just focused on let's get past. And get to the desert. He's okay with that.
0: Can I also say that I deserve some level of kudos for not throwing a wolf encounter at you guys in the snow <laughs> and grasslands? Okay, do you know how easy that is for DMs to be like, low-level group in the snow? That's wolf time. It is. And you know what? I'm not going to do that. Could have been yeti time. Yeah, but yetis, look. I
3: don't think a yeti belongs there.
0: Yeah, but they come down from the mountains to eat stuff that lives down off the mountains. It's a good time to do it. But Uh, I still uh, not going to do that because Yeti's his tank. But also, there's a lot of neat giants that come from the mountains, like Verbeegs. Why do people not do Verbeegs? But anyway. They're
3: scary, too. They're kind of like.
0: I don't even know what that is. I don't
3: like those. I don't like them. They're like Primlocks. I just don't like those giants. They fucking scare me.
0: But like Like, Verbeegs, Verbeegs, the best way I can describe it is like, you know how hill giants are dumb and ugly and giant and smelly? Verbeegs are their little brother where it's just smaller, but like way dumber and more angry. And they just like hang out in their room, listening to the Misfits all day. Like it's all downloaded off LimeWire and it's all different volumes and qualities. And there's just so much back are Yeah, so much back knee. They're just so mad at everything and anybody. And like, that's just them. Meanwhile, their big brother, the actual hill giant, comes in and takes their lunch money, and they're like, nobody understands. I'm, like, actually really smart, but not in a school way. That's very bigs. They have a lot of emotional intelligence. <laughs> I'm a visual learner. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? Clica
2: pushes um, Anton down the hill while he T-poses and praises the sun.
0: So he's just sliding down the that's hill. Nice. Hey, Anton, can I get a dexterity saving throw?
3: Yeah, that's not nice.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, well, good. I think I think I did okay. At 17.
0: Okay, so you slide down the hill on your belly after getting knocked down, but you manage to like, spin around like b-boy breakdancing style onto your back, and as you come sliding down to the bottom, you manage to slow yourself down before you crash into the snowman that Kaliga made.
1: Snow goblin.
3: My baby! <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna grumble under his breath and just drop like wipe off the snow and trudge back up the hill to the horse and the cart.
2: Turns out Anton becomes Scrooge when he's winter like the, hits. He's like,
3: the, he's like not that that's where he's like not like Santa.
0: This is USSR <laughs> right here. Like, we wanted to share everything like we share the pain. Like, oh no. No um okay and so with that the party travels pretty effectively on their way with such a large group of of horses and with a huge carriage behind them with all the uh all the uh, commodities within it keeping the light and keeping the fire with them most of the dangers that would reach them at night are pretty easily evaded there are instances where the party do hear wolves and they hear some of the larger critters out there that are looking for meat when food is kind of scarce before they go off to a deep sleepies you know things like dire raccoons and stuff like that that would eat big old critters looking for some extra fat to keep them warm they managed to stay away seeing how much you guys have built up over here and you guys being very aware of this true horror probably keep the horsies like inside the jumbo tent in order to keep them kind of safe for the time being knowing when predators are about i mentioned jarzak's probably the one who's got a pretty good idea of this perdition outside you know um Just coming from a land of dinosaurs, you probably don't want to be out in the plains with a bunch of horses with an eat me sign stacked to them. But, and all that goblin barbecue sauce laid out. Um, I don't know why Kleeca just leaves it out in the front yard. Big giant McNugget dipping cup full of goblin sauce. For snack time. (laughs) Yeah. Little click a face on the side of it says like you'll be gobbling it up. <laughs> like, it just doesn't know when someone of the party's gonna get snacky. And the looking good. Cleaka looking good.
3: You gotta make some good barbecue.
2: But uh <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming the tent just builds off the cart, like the fancy car tents they have now where you just put like a tent off the top of your Jeep somehow.
0: No, 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 no it's it's more of like just a giant military grade tent so it's like a big 30 by 30 like massive thing of multiple pieces of canvas and oh i got you it's so it's just it's a big like 50 pound parcel of gear to build this
3: we thing. look like a boulder
0: no it doesn't look like a boulder a boulder <laughs> <laughs> no it's not a it's a rock um <laughs> so with that the uh, the party continues their travels for the uh, five days of snowy hills before on the 6th morning, the party uh, manages to get to the outskirts of Dustwind. And as they're heading on in, when I say there's a temperature change, I mean in the span of two hours, the temperature goes from like 25 to about 65. And not only do you guys see the transfer from snow to like cold grounds, to bright green grasses, but it goes to brown grasses and individual thickets of like bushes that can survive out here. And you get to this weird surreal point up on top of one of the hillocks of travel here where you guys can look back and see white snowy hills and look forward and see rolling dusty winds and sandstorms on the way to dustwind. And it is just such a strange time, but the most powerful feeling I imagine is when Norhill stands on this hillock and looks to the far south he sees the Valley of the Dwarves and he can see the divide between the clans of Silver and Steel and can see the mountain ridge, which he hails from, is just like another three, four days of horse travel to. And so I imagine it probably takes a bit of Norhill to not just ditch and go running and hoping that he, as one man, as an army can do it and has to hold true to his beliefs that if things are this serious and this awful, he probably needs backup. Yeah, and so too with close. that, too close. And with that, the uh, party we're going to end the game. With the party traveling in through the rolling sand dunes uh, by about midday on their way into Dustwind, with huge heaping walls of sand coming flying towards you guys every once in a while with these big gusting hot winds. And you guys can see in the distance something of like a massive rocky outcropping, almost like a huge crab or something like that, digging out of the sandy grounds here. You can see tons of rolling little like sandy dune houses built up out of the rocks and near the rocks, sort of in ways to dodge the sandy swells. And as the party heads in, Kalika feels a strange tingling vibration on her belt. And that's where we're going to end it.